You are listening to Agape Legacy Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Agape Baptist Church. This podcast series features Gunnar Raman, the founding pastor of Agape Baptist Church. He will be sharing about the history and legacy of Agape. We hope that you would be blessed by this podcast series. Okay, so um, welcome to the first episode of the Agape podcast. Uh, very honoured to have Pastor Gunnar here with us to actually answer some of the burning questions that some of us actually have. La. Okay, so very, very simple. The very first question is, how was, how was Agape Baptist Church planted? <laughs> Alright. Um, uh, Agape Baptist Church came out of International Baptist Church. Uh, I wonder if you knew that. Uh, we were, uh, a group of us were having a Bible class right after the Sunday service. International Baptist Church was a, um, was a you know, expat church primarily. So there were a couple of, a number of us young people at that time, you know, who were uh, like uh, local, either we were Singaporean or Malaysian. And then we would uh, uh, gather uh, after the service uh, to have a Bible study. And the Bible study was uh, ran by and taught by uh, Lily Rogers, uh, who was a Southern Baptist missionary. At that time, it was called the Southern Baptist Convention that, 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 that's, uh, that sent them. And uh, she would then, you know, run the Bible study. So what happened was that that group kind of grew quite, quite a bit, maybe about 30 people. I was part of that. Uh, I think that the only, pers- only two people here right now who were part of that joy class at that time is Julia, who is sitting right there. And, uh, and, uh, and I think it's Sjokfan. Are you here, Sjokfan? Yeah, these are all very shy, you know, like, uh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, Shafan, you were part of the joy class as well, were you? Were you, or you, 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 you came to the church, but you didn't attend joy class? Yeah, you, yeah, that time you're not interested in Bible study. <laughs> it was true. Yeah, it was true. And she was courting uh, a young man by the name of Roger Tang. Yeah, at that time. And I remember that we used to see them at the Sunday service by inviting them to come to joy class, but they never did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Julia was a part of that. So I think in that group, uh, uh, that, was, that was all there is. And it, it, I remember very clearly that one afternoon we were sitting down uh, for lunch and we were just musing with the idea that, you know what, it would be nice if we became our own church. You know, uh, that, 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 that would be quite fun. And um, I, I, I remember Miss Rogers uh, took note, note of that and said that I think that's a very good idea. And that's how we started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So any obstacles you actually faced during the planting of the church itself? So what happened was, I mean, of course, uh, the obstacles was like, uh, uh, first of all, like, you know, like um, uh, we needed a place uh, to start our worship services. Uh, I remember we launched our first worship service in, 19, in the Easter of 1984. How many of you were alive at that time? Or living? Yeah. Yeah. There are quite a number of you. Yeah. Uh, Easter of 1984 at 
Equatorial Hotel, which has already closed down. There is no such hotel right now. So we held our, our, our first service then. Uh, right after that service, the weekly services were held at in the afternoon at Lingkwan Baptist Church, which is still there at, up in, at Bukit Timah Road. And then we moved to Garden Hotel in Balmoral Road, which is no longer, that hotel is no longer there okay. as well. That's way back long ago, yeah. Okay, so Agape actually has a quite a quite a long history. Outlived many places, mm-hmm. um, and so <laughs> <laughs> that's your outlived many places. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so good to know. Uh, we are still here, right? And um, so, how was Agape like when it first started? Has it always been a Baptist church, or yeah, yeah, yeah? We are a Baptist church. Okay, yeah. just just had to ask that question to uh, yeah. you know make, make yeah. it clear lah for you all. Can, yeah, yeah. We 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 have always uh, yeah in the way that uh, uh, yeah we have always been a Baptist church. Yeah. Okay, and uh, so who are other significant people involved in the planting? Yeah, uh, on top. So, uh, in terms of the leadership at that time, I think that um, uh, we, uh, we had, um, there were three of us leaders in the church uh, and who were also trained to be preachers. There was me and there was another, uh, uh, another guy by the name of Shu Haobing and then, and, and, and then uh, Ronnie Ko, you know. Ronnie Ko went on to become, uh, to join uh, FCBC after some time and then he went on to become a missionary in Central Asia Shu Haobing went, went on to, uh, to be the pastor of another church plant called Ex-Baptist Church. And then, of course, I was left with Agape Baptist Church. <laughs> yeah. Lucky to have you. <laughs> okay, and um, so Lily O. Rogers actually had yeah. a very huge part to play, right, yes. in Agape. Can you maybe uh, give yeah. us a very brief explanation? Yeah. Brief so, or in-depth up to you yeah. <laughs> on uh, how she actually... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lily Rogers, uh, uh, Lily Rogers had lived in Singapore for, by the time we planted the church, was for, for about 30 years then. Uh, she would have been uh, like about, uh, when we planted the church, probably uh, reaching her 60s. All right. And uh, she had before that planted... Uh, a couple more churches like uh, Lincoln Baptist Church, Sambawang Baptist Church, Thompson Road Baptist Church, and the last church that she helped uh, in the planting process. Uh, she would never say that she was the church planter, but I think that she was the driving force behind it. She organized the leadership. Uh, she uh, she, uh, uh, she critiqued our preaching every Sunday. Uh, she ensured that you know that um, uh, that uh, like she looked at our order of service. Uh, she looked at the ministry designed and guided us throughout. You know, in the in, in the whole process of, of of the of the church of the church plant, and uh, uh, deeply influential, a woman of prayer, uh, a woman who is uh, passionate about evangelism. Uh, she brought many people to Christ herself. Uh, and our church, if you talk about, there was another group of, 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 of people who actually joined the joy class in the formation of the church. And there was another Bible study that she was leading among older women 
and a part of that became Agape's legacy as well. Like people like Mrs. Lim and Mrs. Fei and Mac Chua and, and all of that older group people that now we don't see anymore because some of them passed away. But those of you who have been here for many years knew them and knew their ministry uh, uh, with our church and all of that. Uh, that, that was, she was the one who actually discipled that group of ladies and all that had to become a part of the church as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, so Agape Baptist Church was first planted in 1984, yeah. right? And you said that, you know, there was a group of you guys and eventually you were the only one left with uh, Agape uh, yeah. in that group, right? Mm. Have you ever thought of leaving uh-huh. Or what made you stay? No, I, 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 this is my church, you know. I, um, I, I think that it was understood among the three of us that I was the main leader, you know, uh, uh, of, of, of the group. And I think that uh, the other two also, they, had a different, they have different callings. Like uh, uh, Ronnie had always wanted to become a missionary. And, and so I think uh, going to FCBC uh, afforded him the opportunity to then enter into the mission field through the church. I think uh, Shuhabing always wanted to uh, pastor a, an, a, another church, and so he went on. I always felt that my calling is to this church, you know, and, uh, and so I, I remain, you know, yeah. And any difficulties uh, we face as a church through all these years? What was one most memorable uh, experience or obstacles that you actually had to go through? Well, wow. There was, there was ne- it was never easy. I mean, it was, um, if you're talking about, I mean, there were, of course, every, uh, uh, at every, uh, every, every stage of the church, they were, they were challenges, you know, there were many, many challenges. But I think the biggest challenge for me was what happened in 2001. Yeah, I was really born, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right with that time, time, time frame? 2001. Was that 2001? Huh? 2000. It's 2000. It was 2000? Yeah. Uh, when the church actually experienced a crisis and, uh, and a whole uh, group of people left the church and, and, and uh, it was, uh, that, that was a very difficult time, not just for me, but for everyone who remained. Uh, and uh, it was a very confusing time for all of us. Uh, I doubted my own leadership. Uh, I wondered whether I was still called to the church. Uh, I wondered whether, uh, there was a time where I wondered whether I should, maybe like I have lost my credibility with the church and I should actually step out. Uh, Yeah, it was, uh, it it, it kind of, but that shaped a lot of things that went after that because, you know, our church um, building up to that point was a a church that was really, we were doing a lot for the community. Uh, we were a, uh, a community-taking church. We ran conferences. I think we uh, we kind of drove the people to a point of exhaustion uh, with all the ministry that was involved in community-taking. Uh, and I think that led to a chorus of complaints that probably 
uh, I did not give enough attention to, uh, that led some of the people to leave. Uh, and then it caused me to reevaluate exactly uh, what a church should be about. It actually, that started me on a journey of, wonder, of wondering of how do, I mean, what does it take, you know, for, uh, for lives to be changed, you know? And uh, uh, I think that was the, I would say that the beginning of my gospel journey actually started there. But I was then searching, then we did, you know, we ran, we kind of slowed down all our work with the community. I decided to uh, uh, take the church into a discipleship uh, uh, journey uh, where we, and, and then I discovered that, oh, you know, that is not, uh, it's, it's a, it, it looked more like a program than something that would actually go deeper to change the lives of the people. And that finally led me to rediscover the gospel. You know, uh, that, that actually changed everything for me, my life, and the church. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, okay, so at a point of time where you even doubted your own leadership, right? Uh, how did God touch you in a way? Or how did God actually lead you to... I'm very sure that he was there to tell you that, okay, uh, it's time for you to reevaluate, take a step back, because you even doubted. So there might be a ch chance that you actually were thinking of leaving? I mean, not really leaving. I felt responsible for what had happened, and that actually kept me going. But actually, the thought did come for the first time in my life, in my whole ministry. That by that time, I was pastoring the church for about maybe 18 to 20 years already. Yeah, so but the thought came to me, uh, and I was surprised at the very thought because I've never ever uh, thought of quitting or like I I, I actually I, I always thought that I would um, that I would actually uh, die pastoring this church. <laughs> that was that was what I thought, you know, and I was I was I was completely given to that and prepared for that, but that. Time was a, it was so dark and it, it, it shook everyone, it shook me the most because uh, I didn't expect that to happen. And when it did happen, of course, it shook me and I, it caused me to reevaluate everything. Yeah, it reevaluate my ministry, reevaluate my preaching, reevaluate my own walk with God. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad everything worked out, right? Um, so, what is something about Agape now? that you have never even imagined was possible when a church was first planted? Yeah. Wow. What in Agape now that I never imagined possible when it was just first planted? Because I never imagined that I would actually, uh, that the trajectory of my own life will change. I never imagined that. Like, uh, I, 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 like what I said, I thought that I will probably pastor this church until I die, you know. Yeah, but the Lord changed that, that trajectory, and uh, like, and it was it was I think a very good thing, so the younger leaders could rise up. You know, can you imagine that if I had continued to be the senior pastor of this church until I am seventy-five, and then people would be like, none would be fifty years old, so it'd be almost you know like a Prince Charles situation. <laughs> So, 
it was it was a good thing that that that, that happened that I I I uh, that um, that you know I could step out and and uh, take on another ministry so that the younger generation could rise up and take the church forward, you know, for another 30, 40 years. So that, but I never imagined that would happen. Number one. The second thing is, um, let me say it this way. You know, last week, uh, when my granddaughter came to, to, to our house, uh, she, uh, I was lying down on my couch. If you have been to my house, there is a huge couch called the Papasan. It has been there for 30 years. It has been refurbished like three times. But it is a key feature in my living room. Uh, it is one of those Raman things that will probably be inherited by one of my children because it holds a lot of memories. So, um, uh, I was lying down on that and my granddaughter came up to me and lied on my chest, you know. She just lied on my chest. And it was like, it just brought me back to about 30 years before when my own children would lie on my chest on that same couch. So this is the same house. We have lived in the same house all, all these years. Same house, same couch, but a different generation. And then I thought about the church, and I say that now I go to church on a Sunday morning, everything has flipped. When I... In, uh, when I was a senior pastor, I would come and I would sit in front. Now I sit behind, <laughs> minding my, 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 my grandchildren. And uh, I would come up to the pulpit, but now I'm listening to somebody else preaching from the pulpit. It's the same church. It's the same location, but it's a different generation. And the reflection is that I go away saying, from generation to generation, the faithfulness of the Lord never changes. And I think that is what I never thought would be possible when I first, you know, was planting the church. That I would live to see this in my lifetime and enjoy the fact that God's faithfulness is from one generation to another generation to another generation. And oh, how great is faithfulness. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. While, while I was listening to that, I was really in awe as well. And I was just, amen, 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 the entire time. Yeah. Um, yeah so now, I would actually like to open up to the floor. If you guys have any question, uh, feel free to raise or raise your hands. Anyone has any question that you would like to ask? Yeah, over there. Oh, hey, hi. Um, my name is Thomas. Uh, I had uh, two. Oh, sorry. Two uh, two questions. I um, really appreciate all all the sharing. Um, one is, um, I'll make Pastor Guna. What uh, would you feel is Lily O. Rogers' legacy for Agape? Uh, besides the LOR room, <laughs> what would you feel like would be her legacy for Agape? And the second one is, um, when did you feel called 
into ministry? What was there a turning point or was there a moment when you feel like God has called me and I want to be a pastor for the rest of my life? So the first question is, what is the legacy I would like to see left behind? What is Lily O'Rogers' legacy? All right. Uh, that you, we see in Agape today. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that uh, uh, Lily O'Rogers was a... Uh, if, if people remember Lily O'Rogers, they would remember her uh, to be uh, an epitome of of, 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 of deep faith in God that found its expression primarily in prayer, number one. And then number two was the fact that uh, she... Uh, it's almost like she does not... Uh, like every challenge and obstacle, God will lead a way out of it. You know, that was just that tenacity that resilience to be able to push through uh, uh, all of that, you know. And, um, uh, and I, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, like, uh, as the generations move on, you know, as, as we move from, I mean, by, I think there's already been three generations, you know, from Lily Rogers right now. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the thing about, the, the tenacity, the resilience, you know. Uh, the church has been through a lot. Uh, it, it, has, uh, it has been through so much, you know. I mean, like uh, those of you who have uh, been with us for a long, long time, you know uh, we've we, we just been through so very much. But I think that through all those seasons, we come through and that there's still that that tenacity, that resilience, you know, that dependency on God, that's that, that depth of faith, you know, that keeps us going, uh, is, is, I guess, is something that we probably inherited from her. Yeah. 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 When did I get my calling? I mean, I, uh, I think it was during college days in university, you know, that kind of time that when I got the, the calling... I knew that I would be a pastor. I remember telling my, uh, my girlfriend then uh, that, you know, I will become a pastor one day. Do you still want to marry me? You know, and it's like, because in those days, I understand, uh, pastors don't get paid very much. I think now they don't get paid very much either, don't they, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like a little bit more than when we used to get paid. Yeah. So I, I used to ask her and say, I told her that, you know, like, I'll be a pastor, so we will not be very rich. You know, is that okay with you? Uh, and all of that, and then uh, she said that, yeah, that's, that's fine. I thought at that time that, you know, she was just a little bit dizzy about who I am, you know, <laughs> and that she was just saying that because, you know, I didn't quite believe her, you know, like, she said, it's okay, like, oh, I, I'll marry you for anything, you know, kind of thing. That was my own egocentric thinking, yeah, maybe it was like, but, but, but uh, that, that's what, you know, so I, so I told her that I'll be a pastor one day, that was way before. I mean, if you know my history, um, I came to teach school here, you know, and I taught for eight years. Uh, Stefan was my colleague all those eight years, yeah, and, um, uh, and, and so, and then I, at the end of that, I left, and then I, the church was already planted, uh, but I couldn't do, we couldn't do both. I couldn't do a bivocational 
uh, staff with because the church was uh, it was too demanding. So I could make a, we had to make a choice of either continuing with my with my trajectory in in the education line or leave and become a full time pastor. So at that time, my daughter was two years old. Uh, we just had a newborn baby, as in Reuben. And, uh, and, and so I had to make that faith decision, you know, to kind of leave and then uh, take on. That was in 1990. And then I uh, took on and became the full-time pastor of, of the church. So, but the calling came way back before that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, Mrs. Yeah. Hello, hello. It's about the star of worship. You know, I think I can feel it, you know, from that time, uh, 1985, 86, I was there. And it seems that the agape is changing. You know, the star of worship is so hot and charmed, you know. Everyone got to, oh, watch, uh, pray to the Lord and that you, 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 you have to change, change, change the devil away, you know, everyone's slaying and everything, worship. It, it, it's a kind of, a, like, like, like a, it, it's, it's, it's like explosive, you know, agape to change. But nowadays it seems uh, very old, you know. <laughs> you, you tend to, to, to just wake up in the morning and then all of a sudden you come here and then you, you try with a big heart to, to listen to the pulpit. And all of a sudden, just dying a bit, it cool down a little bit, and then <laughs> you're going to wake up again and listen. I think there is a sort of, a, you know, like waving is different. I think I like the, the, the beginning of the agape. It's more chill, and then everyone step, and then dance, and everything. <laughs> and then it wakes you up. Don't you think so? Uh, thank you, Mrs. Yap. Me, okay, let me just tell you a little bit about Mrs. Yap because since she, she, um, Mrs. Yap came to, uh, to join us in 1985. Yes. Uh, and uh, the church was started in 1984. She came with the whole family. She had two daughters uh, who were then uh, three plus one son. Yeah, three of them. They, uh, uh, they came to the church in Garden Hotel. Right, I remember. Mrs. Yap was the one who designed the Agape logo. Yeah. I think we should give credit to you for that. So, yeah. So, to answer your question, Mrs. Yap, I think that, yeah, worship styles change over time. The worship of God doesn't change. You know, so the I, I think that uh, over time, yeah, the different generations have got different uh, uh, styles of worship. The important thing is that you know that God is worship. I'm sure that we can do a little bit of vibrance in our own worship right here, and I think that uh, the, the 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 staff team are actually encouraging us to be able to do that. Even yesterday, we you know, and I think in in the camp, if we could just. Yeah, give a bit more energy and zest and life to, uh, to worship the Lord, you know. Nobody is a loser, you know. God gets glorified, we get edified, you know, and we can all do that, right? Yeah, but the important thing is that, like, you know, that we are not addicted to a hype of it, that we are truly worshiping God from the heart, and that, you know, that we, um, that the sense of awe and reverence for the Lord 
uh, is not because of the style, but because of God. Okay. Um, any more questions from the floor? Okay. Okay, great. So, um, thank you for all the questions. Um, so, before we end, uh, there are a few questions that are just uh, maybe one or two. Oh, wait. Wait, someone, someone has a question. Hold on. Oh, Jimmy. Pastor Gunnar, can you share with us how uh, this church uh, started to become a gospel center uh, church or gospel center focused church? That's my favorite question. I wish somebody would ask. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, uh, as I told you, uh, two, uh, the year 2000 uh, was, a, uh, was a year where uh, we were all shaken. You know, and um, uh, many good friends left the church, uh, and uh, I it, it 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 was like a big surprise, uh, and I, it caused me to reevaluate my own life and my own ministry and all of that. And it was a very very long journey. I w I didn't know what I was searching for, but there was a sense of um, uh, dissatisfaction in the depth of my heart, uh, like. Um, Basically, I found that why is it that while I'm preaching the Bible, what I thought I was preaching the Bible, the lives are not being changed. And if a pastor were to preach and lives are not being changed, then he's not successful. And uh, it, it gripped me, you know, it gripped me deeply. And I was searching. So what... What needs to happen to the church? Do I need to put in a proper discipleship program? Uh, do I need to slow down uh, in our activities with the community? Uh, do I need to build more community within the church and more depth you know, in terms of relationships? Uh, what do I do? You know, kind of thing. And I know that right after that, I really went on a... a uh, I, I, I introduced a Wednesday night uh, uh, a class called Soul Refreshment. You guys remember that? Where we studied the Psalms together because I thought that we were not getting enough of the word into the lives of the people. So we did that. And then I would have a Saturday class on uh, uh, workshops on marriage and all of that. So I just went on the overdrive in order to kind of like... Uh, uh, deepen the people in the word because I thought that that was what was lacking uh, in the years when we were taking the community. The people were just physically exhausted and spiritually malnourished, you know, and therefore now this has to change. But even that did not bring about what I dream as transformation from the deep within that I wanted to see in the lives of the people. And that was when, lo and behold, uh, that uh, one day that uh, uh, I was, um, my son Ruben, our son Ruben was doing uh, like a, had a three-month exchange program with, uh, in Harvard at Boston. Uh, and uh, our daughter had just graduated and wanted to, um, uh, wanted to visit New York, you know. 
And so we, as a graduation trip, and usually they go with everybody else, but she wanted to go with her parents. So that was okay. So, so we went and we met as a family and Ruben came from Boston to New York and we were in New York City. And uh, it was Saturday night and I was frantically looking for a church to go to on a Sunday morning because, you know, I felt like we should go to church on Sunday, although my children didn't think so. But, <laughs> yeah, don't waste another day. Let's look at, let's watch, let's, let's go see New York, you know. But no, 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 we must go to church. So we, and the church that came up was Redeemer Presbyterian Church. And I was never interested in going to a Presbyterian church, all right. So, but anyway, uh, we went, uh, 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 we went to Redeemer Presbyterian Church. I did not, I haven't heard of the name Tim Keller before. And, um, and uh, this was in 2010, all right. And, 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 and um, when they sat in the service, wasn't very impressed. Uh, somebody else preached, not Tim Keller. He wasn't there that day. And went up to the like, fellowship hall after that because he gave free coffee and donuts and all that. And, you know, New York's expensive, so you can get something free, just get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, and then I saw a series of books that was, that was just on, on display uh, by Tim Keller. So, oh, this is a senior pastor and all of that. So I picked up one of the books, uh, Counterfeit God. I was, you know, and started reading it in the trip and, in, and then suddenly realized oh my goodness, I missed the gospel. Like, I don't really have a depth understanding of the gospel. I came back to Singapore, I used to go into the staff room, uh, to the staff, and tell them, I don't think I know the gospel enough. And Sokhui and Jessica will go, huh? And I say, if, if you don't know the gospel, then what about us? <laughs> you know? And stuff like that. And as, I didn't, they didn't quite understand what I was talking about. Like, say, oh, I don't have that. You know, there's some, what is missing is that I don't understand the gospel enough. Like, I haven't applied it deeply into my life. I didn't see it as the A to Z or Z of my life. I just saw it as the ABC of my life. You know, and I, and I kind of like missed, I marginalized the gospel. It was not central. Now, that was the year 2000, you know, and... And then I started picking up Tim Keller's book and started reading Prodigal God and started reading uh, uh, his, his other books, listening to his sermons and wowed by his sermons by not knowing how exactly he makes all the connections, whether he preaches from the Old Testament or New Testament, always bring it back to Jesus and bring it the gospel. It's like, I want to do that, but I do not know how to do that. And that is when I told uh, my board members at that time, she said, would you let me to go to New York for, th for three months on a sabbatical? you know, and go to uh, Redeemer Presbyterian Church and sit under Tim Keller. And then during that time, also do my own studies on how I could preach Christ-centered, gospel-centered sermons that preaches to the heart. And that was my mission. And that's where I went in 20, 2012. And then Pastor Tom was the one who took over the church at that time for those three months that I was away, uh, three, four months away. And I came back and vowed that I'm going to preach gospel-centered sermons. And that's what I did. And I started to learn how to do that. And I did that week after week after week until people thought uh, that, uh, like, I, you know, some of, the, some of the pushbacks that I would have is like, why is every week about the gospel? <laughs> you know, how come, you know, you know that, that, that kind of a thing. But yeah, yeah, that, that was when, and then we started Camp Prodigal. Do you guys remember that? 
Yeah, where got everyone reading Prodigal God. We came, uh, we were somewhere in JB. Do you remember that Camp Prodigal is where we put up all the fruits? That you could just take all the fruits. And what Pastor Nan said, yes. Huh? Malaika, was it Malaika? Yeah. That was when, uh, like what Pastor Nan mentioned yesterday, as he mentioned, as he opened his sermon, is that church camps are all milestones. You know, it kind of shapes the life of the church and the direction of the church. And it did, that particular one. Uh, in, that was in 2013, when I, after I came back from my sabbatical. Uh, and that was when the journey started. And then I began to see lives being changed. I began to see marriages changing. I began to see that, you know, uh, like, like people were serving God, not to get rewards from God, but serving God for God. The amount of complaints began to like, you know, like uh, people, there was a change, there was a depth, you know, in the lives of the people and all that. And I felt like if this can happen to Agape Baptist Church, it can happen to any church. And that was when I, the, 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 the conviction, the passion grew in me that I wanted to see gospel-centered churches planted all over the world. And when I was given the offer to be the CEO of Cities Asia Pacific, I said, yeah, if get, that gives me the opportunity. If I see that happen at Agape, it can happen everywhere. And I wanted to pour my life into this. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, that, I think that was very insightful, especially for people who actually joined the church uh, new, uh, myself included. So I only joined three years back. Um, and I do see the similarity between how we have Bass and Bond, <laughs> the books for the newcomer, and also how um, from the first time you actually went to the Presbyterian church, right? Yeah, and that's how you found out that in a way, in an indirect way, God was actually speaking to you to tell you that we are lacking in gospel uh, knowledge, right? Yeah. Yeah, so last question. Uh, as the founding pastor of Agape Baptist Church, what is something that you are most thankful for about the church and how do you see us in the next 10 years? Um, what I'm most thankful for. Um, I think I'm, I'm very thankful for the, for the fact that this church is a church filled with grace. Uh, I feel like um, there's, uh, there's so much graciousness uh, in the church. Uh, we are accepting of people, of all kinds of people, uh, we are forgiving. Uh, we, uh, I, I see the grace of the Lord just manifesting in different times and different ways. And I feel very proud about that for Agape and feel very blessed that we are, are a very gracious church. Uh, the other thing is that it is a very generous church. Uh, I'm really astounded by the generosity of this church. I mean, I can remember certain occasions like the time when uh, we had a situation when a brother in uh, Philippines was having a heart attack and had to be flown out. And how so suddenly, within 24 hours, we raised $50,000, you know, to bring him home and save his life. And I think that that is just, just amazing generosity. Uh, the church has never had a lack as a result of that, you know, like always responding, you know, in such a generous way. I think that's just so beautiful to have, uh, to be part of a church that is not just, not just gracious, 
but generous. And I think the third thing I'm very grateful for is the gospel. Uh, and the way that, uh, 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 that many of us embrace the gospel, love the gospel. And, um, and, 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 and if you ask me what are my hopes for 10 years, that is for the next generation of leaders to actually envision. But I do not, I do not want to see that this church loses its gospel age. Uh, and I, 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 I dream that, you know, in 10 years' time, that the that, 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 that preaching of the gospel Sunday after Sunday uh, would not change, but would get stronger and stronger, you know. And the whole new generation will rise up. Churches will be planted, like what Pastor Nan called for yesterday. The church will be planted. They will be gospel-centered. They may be different from agape in its expression, because it is for a different demography, maybe for a different group of people, it may be different from agape, but the DNA will remain. That the gospel DNA will continue to remain. And I think that uh, if uh, 20, 30 years from now, I would have gone home to be with the Lord, and that if the church continues with that, you know, with, and, and, and with, with the gospel DNA, I think what uh, what my generation has sought to do uh, would be accomplished. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. So we have come to the end of the Gabi podcast. I hope that we have been able to find out a little bit more about our legacy. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you, Inde. Yeah, thank you, guys.